days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cutback. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. San Francisco 49ers get a big victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 27-14. And boy, was this game interesting. There's a lot to get into. Of course, just like always, make sure you leave uh, your comments in the chat, and we'll go ahead and we'll have a fun conversation. I want to go back and forth with everyone that's here. But we saw the San Francisco 49ers come out and you know, get off to a little bit of a slow start on that first drive. But after that, the offense really picked up. The uh, defense held Tampa Bay for the most part. It was interesting. Tampa Bay was able to move the football up and down the field a little bit. Uh, but when it came crunch time and it was time for them to score, the Fournier's held up pretty well, giving up one touchdown in the first half, one touchdown in the second half. But really stingy defense in the red zone, especially in the second half. That's good for the 49ers. Uh, it was a game that saw Fred Warner come up with another big turnover, knocking out a football against Baker Mayfield, and the 49ers won the turnover battle. And it was going to be tough. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are very good at taking care of the football. They're very good at causing turnovers, uh, but the 49ers were able to get it done. So we're seeing good football from the 49ers on offense, good football from the 49ers on defense, of course, just like with all things. There are things that they're going to have to adjust on, things that they're going to have to continue to get better on. I thought special teams, a little bit of a weakness today for the 49ers. And Tampa Bay was actually ranked as a worse special teams unit coming into the game. But uh, Thompson was able to get some pretty good returns against the 49ers when they had opportunities to pin them back deep on kickoffs, uh, but also on the punt return. The big punt return could have been bad for the 49ers. They were able to overcome in that situation. Uh, so, yeah, I think that there was a, a lot to like in this game and still some nerve-wracking things to go that's going on. What's up, Roberto's in the house? What's up, David V with the hashtag TCC? I'll leave the TCCs in the chat. Let's go. Uh, Josh, how's it going? Josh is in the house. Jay Ellie says the Lambs are driving, and that's what Josh is saying here. We've got Rams on set, on the 7 with a minute 50 left. They've got an opportunity there for sure. Uh, Roberto says the TD pass from Purdy Dayuk was an absolute dime. It was nice. It was really, really nice. Uh, what's up, KDR? KDR's in the house. Says everybody's saying in San Francisco Niners, yeah. Uh, I love the reference there. Uh, Got to love a little L.A. Knight reference. Uh, digging it. Hugo says, what's the word with Talano Ufanga? Uh, I don't know. As of right now, I'm not sure. Uh, we do know it's a knee, but we don't know the extent. I'm guessing um, that he's going to have an MRI. He's going to have x-rays, and they're going to try to determine what this is going to be. Kyle Shanahan will be speaking to the media. Maybe he'll have a little bit more insight, but I would say we probably won't really know uh, until tomorrow. So, uh, unfortunately, it looks like Hufanga could potentially be out for a little while, and that's not good news for the 49ers, that's for sure. So, um, bet online, guys. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. 
Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips, both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I want to get back into uh, the fun conversation with everybody. So <laughs> Josh and everybody is rooting for the for the San Fr- or for the Rams against the Seahawks, which I think is very good. And then a lot of talk about the. Kalanu Fonga and, you know, Roberto says Jair Brown looked very good most of the game. I thought Jair Brown definitely uh, has looked good. And if you have me on Patreon, I've been talking about how he looked in the run game. He's only come in a couple of times, uh, but what he does, he comes up and he flies up and he makes tackles in the box. I don't think that's the concern for Jair Brown. I think the concern is what we saw KDOT and beat him on is a situation where he came up and he got his feet uh, set and they ran right past him, right? So I think those are some concerns, or maybe it wasn't Kate Otten. I think it was a wide receiver for, on him. Otten was on Hufanga earlier. Uh, but he came up, and he got settled, and there was no real reason for him to come up with a receiver running a vertical down the seam when he's playing halves. So I think that is a concern for the 49ers, just making sure Jair Brown feels comfortable uh, in, their, in their secondary. But he's going to get a bulk of the reps, I'm sure, and they're going to be able to somewhat work on it. So... I think that Jair Brown did look like he's a playmaker, had a couple of tough hits in the end zone that he played well. He They blitzed Isaiah Oliver off the slot, and he had to go one-on-one with Mike Evans. He was able to hold up. Luckily, Baker Mayfield was getting some pressure from edge defenders that made the ball float up there a little bit, but Jair Brown was right there. And then, of course, he's just there to make an interception, right? And that's the kind of plays we see from Hufanga. Ball gets tipped. You're in the right spot. You make the play. Playmakers are exactly what the four yards defense needs. Now, Dre Greenlaw absolutely suffocated that ball, and that's why it got tipped up in the air for Jair to make the play. But I think it was good news. The four yards are going to have to figure out the safety position if Hufanga is going to be out for a while. So I don't. I am hoping. I'm hoping for the best with Hufanga. I have no idea. I can't really speculate on what it's going to be. But the 49ers need Jair Brown to step up. And they're probably going to need to make another adjustment in the secondary and get an extra safety. Uh, they'll have George Odom. Him and Jair Brown can you know, be two of the three to go along with Deshaun Gibson. But they have Taylor Hawkins on the practice squad. They could do an elevation with him. They could go ahead and decide to move a cornerback to that role. Could they move Isaiah Oliver? That's potential. These are conversations I'm sure that are going to happen during the week. Uh, but also, you know, could they just go sign someone off the street? That is a possibility as well. Um, so D will says feels like a good win today. Yeah. Every time you get a victory, uh, it's definitely a good victory, uh, for the 49ers. Um, for, uh, Josh says Lombardi said Hufonga left locker room on crutches and brace on the right knee. Um, that's not good news guys. And, and so, yeah, we're, we're gonna, hopefully Huff is nothing serious. Uh, maybe this is something that's more precautionary, but, uh, the fact that he is on crutches and you know has a brace on, could it be a sprain and they're just trying to improve the healing process? Don't know. I'm hoping it's not something more significant that's going to keep Ufong out for the season. 
Uh, but the 49ers are definitely going to have to pivot again and and get somebody in and potential, you know, bring somebody in that, that could play that position. And that's what Jay Ellie's saying right here. Q Knight is available again. So there's gonna be there's gonna be players uh, that are probably gonna be available for the 49ers in this position. Um, they could easily move somebody that's on their group, you know, on their roster right now to that position. They could look outside, you know, the potential of somebody else available. I don't know. I mean, I think Jaquisti Tart is still out there available. Uh, you know, Q Knight, like JLE said, is available. And he did play safety for this team all during training camp. They did not want to lose him. Taylor Hawkins, another player that they played uh, pretty significantly. And, and the guy coming in is more than likely going to be a backup behind Jair Brown. But I think you'd like to have someone uh, just in case something happens. Uh, and Josh says Gino went back in. So Gino Smith's availability for Thursday was somewhat in question with an elbow. But now it looks like he might be ready. And I like this from Marvin. He says, sign Verrett. He goes, that would do it. And you know what? There's been conversations about Jason Verrett potentially uh, moving to the safety position before. Uh, could this be an opportunity where they put, they sign Jason Verrett and they start working him into potentially playing safety? Uh, I mean, he's smart enough. He's got the ability to do it. He's physical enough around the line of scrimmage that I believe he could handle it. So I don't think that that's a bad idea. It's definitely something to monitor. Uh, the foreigners are going to probably look at all options. As John Lynch always says, do due diligence. And that's going to be important to make sure uh, that happens. And ouch, this from Brad Jones, they reckon ACL for Huff. So if it's an ACL, Talanoa Fonga is going to be out for the season, which means the San Francisco 49ers are going to have to make a long-term decision here. Uh, Jair Brown, it looked pretty good. You know, and what I saw, there was a couple mistakes here and there. And so if it's, if it's, that's the way it's going to go, that's fine. But you need to insulate that position. Now you're going to put out, you're going to put Huff on the IR, which means you're going to have to bring somebody in. You have a roster spot available. You know, is it as simple as moving Isaiah Oliver? Maybe is it as simple as signing J Jason Brett? Maybe uh, you're going to have to make decisions on Sam Womack as well. So I think the four years could look in house. Uh, they could look to a familiar face like Verrett. They could look to their practice squad like Taylor Hawkins, or they could look out on the street and just see what safeties are available. You know, somebody that could step in just in case Jair Brown or Tashawn Gibson uh, fall off because, you know, or have an injury or something uh, because Josh says just no Odom at safety. Odom is great in special teams. He really is. And he's pretty good in the box, but I do worry about him in coverage. So, you're right. The four yards are probably going to have to make, you know, a decision there. Uh, they need to insulate that safety position now. If Huff is uh, what they think in ACL, it's too bad. Uh, that was unfortunate. Huff was having a good season as far as he was finding the football. Three interceptions on the year. Him and Tashawn Gibson were playing so well up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. Um, and D. Will says would be great if JV could have a comeback year. They liked the way it worked out. They planned on signing him to the practice squad, so potentially uh, he would make sense there. Uh, Marvin says Verrett would improve the secondary. I agree with that. Uh, Hugo says, "What Uncle? Sh what's Uncle Sherm up to these days?" I mean, he could play safety. I mean, he could do it. I don't think. I don't know if he's in help. You know, in enough shape to play or anything like that. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what the 49ers do. Uh, but I'm sure there's going to be legitimate options for the 49ers. 
as far as the safety position goes. Uh, let's talk a little Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy today was 21 of 25 for 333 yards, three touchdowns, uh, just an absolutely fantastic game. So he was definitely getting it done. And then how about this? I mean, Christian McCaffrey had 21 carries. It wasn't a great number. A lot of that, you know, happening runs in situations where they had they knew that, you know, Christian McCaffrey was going to run. So it kind of brought his average down. Uh, but 21 for 78. Elijah Mitchell, four carries for 24 yards. Uh, that's six yards per carry. So that was great. But the receptions, Brandon Ayuk, five for 156 and a touchdown a 31.2 average because of the 76-yard touchdown catch, which was just a beautiful play. Great route, uh, you know, and overall great throw by Brock. George Kittle, 8 for 89 and a touchdown, and he had that big touchdown catch in the back of the end zone. That was fantastic. Debo, 3 for 63, uh, so he was averaging 21 yards a catch. How about that when your top two receivers are averaging between them 52 yards a catch? Uh, pretty spectacular. So 49ers passing game was on display. It was Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, and sprinkled in McCaffrey, five for 25. But Brock Purdy looked like Brock Purdy. The guy is just tearing it up. Uh, so huge fan of what the 49ers passing game looked like. And that was one of the things I talked about in the key matchups this week was throwing the football to open up the run game. Tampa Bay's defense, really good running the football are stopping the run. So I thought that that's what they were going to do. They did it. Uh, and, and Brock Purdy looked like Brock Purdy. I mean, the guy's just so efficient right now. Uh, ben, been just a big fan of what, um, you know, what he's been able to do. So I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And, and Lou is saying, what's up, Lou, by the way, it says Brock was lights out. Love it. Yeah. It, it, he looked great. He looks in complete control of the offense. One thing I could say about Brock, is he just looks comfortable the entire time he's in the in the pocket. Like, he steps up in the pocket, delivers the ball. He escapes to the left, delivers the ball. Escapes to the right, delivers the ball. Uh, his pocket awareness is really good. And I know Tampa Bay got to him. They sacked him four times in the game. You know, and that's more than, you know, that's a quarter of the times he's been sacked all year. But I thought that overall the offense just felt really efficient and effective. They did a good job. They almost got to the 30-point mark again. So it was a good offensive performance. They got a quick turnaround against Seattle. But Brock Purdy was also getting first downs with his legs, uh, extending plays. So it was fantastic. And how about this? Josh says right here, Seahawks missed the field goal. Rams win. So how about that? Seahawks lose the football game against the Rams. That means the San Francisco 49ers gaining a lead. And now a big game on Thursday Guys, if they can beat, if they can beat the Seahawks, they can pull to two-game lead over the Seattle Seahawks. Wow, that would be absolutely fantastic. So the Rams come through and help the 49ers. Big victory for the Rams. Uh McVeigh helping the 49ers out a little bit. So the Niners now now they gotta win that game again in Seattle, though. That one's huge. Uh, you put yourself in a prime situation that if you can win the two matchups against Seattle. You can almost guarantee that you're going to win the division. And Lou says B.A. is playing great, and he will be expensive next year. Actually, he won't, right? Because they exercise his fifth-year option. He's going to make just over uh, $14.5 million, I do believe. Uh, so he's not that expensive next year. 
it's the following years if you excited if you sign him to an extension. So uh, it could eventually be expensive for Brandon Ayuk to come back to San Francisco, but I think the 49ers understand and are motivated to bring back as many of their good players as they can. And with Debo Samuel's contract only have been a three-year deal, they might be able to stagger their deals to where Debo's money is about to come up big over the next two seasons, and you can maybe move Brandon Ayuk's big money beyond those two and then when you sign Debo to another contract you put it you know you kind of just keep pushing it down so only one of those big contracts kind of hit you at once and make it so you can keep those guys on your uh on your team and I like this from 49er gal never wanted the Rams to win so much right I think that's how we're all feeling it's tough to root for the Rams the only times it's okay is if it's going to help the 49ers and it's if it's against a division uh rival so yeah i think that's possible brad jokes says dare i say tart no i think that's a legit possibility why not think about bringing in someone like jaquiski tart i mean he's a guy that hasn't been that far removed last year he was in the league but he understands this defensive scheme for the most part but you're bringing him in to be a depth piece behind jair brown in case jair brown either won you know, has something unfortunate happen, he gets hurt him or to Sean Gibson. Uh, but also, just in case Jair Brown's not able to play up to the level expected, we've seen Jaquiski Tart play pretty good football. So I do think the 49ers have options. Tart would be one of them. I think, you know, a position change for Isaiah Oliver could be possible. Uh, they could look to their practice squad and bring up Taylor Hawkins or even go with someone like Q Knight, who's been on the team as well. Because you're really looking for depth. And I would love to have veteran depth at the safety position, whether that's Jason Verrett, Dante Johnson, Jaquiski Tart, right? Those are the kind of guys uh, that would make a lot of sense for the 49ers to bring up. That could help Jair Brown. You have Gibson to help him. But just somebody there just in case. I think it's always important. Uh, Marvin says the Brock star went into Seattle and drank their beer, stole their women last year, going to do it again this year. Yeah, Brock did it last year in Seattle with broken ribs, and he was very effective and efficient in that game. They didn't even know if he was going to play. He couldn't do warm-ups, so that just shows you how injured he was. Uh, Brock Purdy was very effective against the Seattle Seahawks last year, including that big playoff win, and so I, I think he's going to be capable and ready. Uh, 49ers are definitely going to have to make you know some decisions as far as some of the positions and some of the roster moves they're going to have to make. 21-day windows are coming up on some guys, so it's going to happen. And thanks, Emo Fox, for uh, subscribing to the channel. Really appreciate it. Welcome to the Cutback Crew. Uh, DP Buck says, good game from a Bucks fag. Good luck the rest of the season. Same to you. And, you know, I thought that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm just going to throw some flowers out there, they didn't look bad. You know, I think they're better than that 4-6 and six record. Uh, Baker Mayfield had some had some effective plays. Really, they were – kind of the bugaboo was they weren't able to get the vertical passing game going to Mike Evans down the field. I think if they would have got that could have opened some things up and they do have to figure out the running game, uh, but their defense is pretty good. And, you know, and they play aggressive style. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of like what they do overall. Uh, WTM says, coach Ant, what grade do you give the offensive line? Um, I think without watching it, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I thought that they were pretty effective for the most part. I did see, you know, them get home a couple of times on some sacks. Tampa Bay did. Uh, Yaya Diaby came free, so I don't know if that was a mistake. Uh, as far as protection, Debo was in the backfield, so I don't know what that was supposed to look like. But Trent went inside and let him come free, so eliminate that one. I don't know exactly what happened there. Uh, 
Diaby also beat uh, Spencer Burford. So I think just off the TV copy, I'm going to give them C plus B minus. Uh, we'll see what happens when I actually do the film breakdown, though. It could be better. It could be worse. I thought they played really good last week, but uh, you know, this week it it just you know it wasn't there. Uh, Josh is saying no tart. I think people are having that hangover from a 2021 NFC Championship game. Uh, that's for sure. And Marvin keeps up with Verrett would help a lot. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of Verrett. I mean, I don't know if he'd be interested in a position change, uh, but it's possible. And we got this super chat from Daryl. Thanks so much, Daryl. I really appreciate it. Huge win with the Hawks just losing family. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. So uh, Daryl's right. This was a, a huge win. 40 yards get the win over Tampa Bay, improved to 7-3. and three. And then right away, Seattle falls, and it creates a huge gap between the 49ers you know, and the, um, and the Seahawks. And now the 49ers can build on that. Uh, they can build on that with some good wins. So I'm kind of enjoying that the 49ers could uh, get that, you know, get that done. So, um, yeah, and, and thanks so much, Marvin, for coming through. I really appreciate it. Marvin's got some stuff to do. Um, but, you know, thanks for coming through. I always appreciate when you come through. Jay Ellie says this, Oliver can play safety. And I think I think Oliver can as well. He had some time playing safety in Atlanta. Uh, so that could be a, a subtle adjustment. You slide Isaiah Oliver back to safety. Uh, potentially you activate Sam Womack or you sign Jason Brett and make him a, you know, an, another member of your secondary. You just activated uh, Darrell Luter Jr., which kind of surprised me a little bit, but Hey, you know, this is what, what happens. So I think Oliver is a possibility. We'll see. Uh, he's still your number one backup nickel corner, but Ambry Thomas played good again today. I thought he played pretty good. Diomino Lenore looked even more settled in the nickel situation. Uh, I want to go back and look, but it's it's. I think they did pretty good. And I accidentally clicked on stream elements. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, WTM says, rookie Brown look good. We don't need Tart. Do we, Coach Ant? It's not about a starter, uh, WTM. It's about bringing in someone for depth. Because right now, if Talanoa Funga goes on the IR, which if it's an ACL, like it's feared, he's going to go on the IR. His season's going to be done. Then you need depth. Right now, you will have three safeties. You've got to have at least four, unless you have a corner that can that can bridge and play both. Uh, when they had Dante Johnson, you know, when they had some other guys, they had those bridge players like Jimmy Ward. So you got to make sure uh, that you can that you can bridge the gap. So they're going to have to bring someone in for depth. They have Taylor Hawkins on their practice squad. They could easily just elevate him, or they can do a position change with Isaiah Oliver. Maybe they you know sign somebody else off the street. So a decision has to be made as far as a fourth safety. And I think that's what we're talking about. Even when we're talking about Jaquiski Tart, we're not talking about a player that comes in and starts. Uh, I think we're just talking about, um, you know, somebody else, you know, stepping up into that role. Jair Brown is the probably the, the starter opposite of Gibson. Um, but, you know, potentially you got to have someone just in case. You Do you want to count on George Odom to get significant reps? Even then you have to have a fourth safety anyway. So, uh, Michael Gilliam says, man, we lost Hofanga next man up. It is a next man up mentality, and this one isn't going to be easy uh, to get over because Hufanga definitely is a playmaker. The four years have been counting on him a lot over the last two years. It's unfortunate, too, because Hufanga is going to be going into a contract season. Um, so that was really tough. Uh, JLE talked about the fact that in college as well, we had some cornerback, or sorry, some safety play uh, from Isaiah Oliver. So, 
Um, Brad Jones says, I just realized we have to listen to Tony Dungy on commentary on Thursday for our game. I did not realize that. And so, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. That'll definitely be interesting. I don't know what we'll, we'll get from, from, uh, from our guy there in, in coach Dungy. Oh, what's up, Cyrus? Cyrus is in the house. What's up, TCC fam? Welcome. Uh, glad you came through. Um, really good to have you in chat. And Rookie and Friends says Chase and Nick wreaking havoc. Yeah, I like that a lot because they were. I mean, when you when you look at the stats of what the 49ers were able to do on defense, um, it might not look exactly like you're hoping it's gonna look, uh, but they were the defense was what held up when they were supposed to hold up. And I think that's the most important thing. They held the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rushing attack once again, only 66 yards on the ground. Uh, but we know that wasn't a strength for Tampa Bay, that's for sure. And so I think, you know, whenever you see that, that's always good. You always want to look at the third down efficiency. Uh, Tampa Bay was 7 of 14, 50%. That's too good. Fournier's got to be better on third down than allowing 50% on third. So uh, that's something they're going to have to get better at. But uh, they did a good job holding them down. Pretty much gave up their season average and 221 yards uh, passing to Baker Mayfield. Niners give up 221 uh, per. So uh, that's something to remember as well. Um, so it's it's not really that crazy to see what the 49ers were doing as far as on the ground. So I'm a, I'm pretty excited about you know overall how the 49ers are headed. I do think there's still work to be done, uh, especially as far as defense goes. Uh, but overall, when it came down to it, they closed it down, right? The guys got this, the sacks that they needed to get, uh, and they made some plays. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for guys to make plays. You had your two linebackers coming in and getting a half sack each, Greenlaw and Fred Warner. Then you had sacks from Armstead, Bosa, Young. Uh, so four sacks on the day for the San Francisco 49ers defense. And remember, Baker Mayfield hadn't been sacked more than three times in an entire game. So even though it felt at times like the 49ers couldn't get home, they were still getting home. So uh, that's good. Um, and and this is uh, from Louis. says, how long is the rehab for Talano Funga as far as next year? Yeah, if it's an ACL, I'm not sure what the timeline is. Usually it's six to eight months. Uh, so potentially at this moment, he still could be back for training camp next year. That would be my expectation. Um, so I don't think it's something that starts – you know, filtering into next season. Um, but it definitely means, you know, he's out for this year, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to get back from it. Brad Jones says, not only if the, now, if only if the bears didn't blow it, come on chiefs. Yeah, exactly. If the bears wouldn't have blown it, 49ers would be sitting in the second seed in the NFC over the Detroit lions. Uh, but the lions came back and, and were able to get it done. Yeah. We want the chiefs to win on Monday night. Cyrus with a good one here. What about Tarverius Moore safety and special teams? They had worked him out early in the season. So the 49ers have worked out some familiar faces in the secondary. Tarverius uh, Moore was one of them. They also worked out Dante Johnson. I think it was three weeks ago. And then they worked out Jason Brett twice. Once at the end of September and then once now. So uh, those three guys are all potentials to come back. Jaquiski Tart was brought up in chat. I, I don't know what Jaquiski Tart's status is as far as his availability to even come back. I haven't heard anything about it. Uh, so, but yeah, Tavarius Moore makes a lot of sense. The guy who played safety here, he does add a lot on special teams. And as far as the depth piece, that would make sense if the 49ers decided to go that way. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a good call right there from Cyrus. Uh, rookie and friend says Purdy joins Montana and Young with a perfect passer rating for the game uh, first Niner since 1989. Wow. Yeah, that was a crazy stat when they posted that up, that Brock Purdy had put himself as far as a, a stat with the likes of Joe Montana and Steve Young. And the fact that we haven't had a perfect passer rating since Steve Young in 1989. Steve Young had crazy good years and crazy good seasons all throughout the 90s, including, you know I mean, 91, 92, he was NFL MVP. So you had a lot of uh, times when Steve Young was just the best player out there. And the fact that he hasn't done it since 1989 just shows you the level that Brock Purdy's been playing with right now. Efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. And now we're starting to see these deep vertical passes. They're stretching defenses horizontally. They're stretching them vertically. And that just opens up the entire playbook for Kyle Shanahan and this 49ers offense. Uh, Brad Jones says, I thought the way Brown rebounded after the first coverage you had to like what you saw from Jair Brown. Uh, he's always been good as far as coming up and stopping the run. I've been watching him on film, just his limited amount of plays. He flashes. I mean, the guy is fast when he flies around. He makes a decision, it's boom, he gets on you. It's good in run fits. Those types of things we don't have to worry about. It is coverage. And it's not so much that he's not capable, but he's still learning to understand what coverage is like in the NFL, what he has to do. I mean, the thing that what he got beat on today is probably something he did in college and he was probably still very effective doing it uh, because you don't have those players that can stretch it vertical and quarterbacks that can throw in those tight windows like that. So it was a learning experience. The good thing was 49ers were winning 20, 27 to seven when it happened. You're going to make mistakes. This was the perfect opportunity better now than next week when it's DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett or uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. So yeah, I think so. And uh, Lou says, Ant, is JV healthy? Yes. Uh, so the 49ers were extremely encouraged, uh, and I believe they said they loved his workout. So that's good. And if you're impressed with someone's workout, that means you filled her all the way back. And he had been practicing with the Houston Texans uh, for a little bit over a month. So that just shows you the ability that Jason Verrett has to stay healthy now. As long as he can stay healthy, he can definitely help this football team. Uh, so – Jay always says Eric Rowe, Landon Collins are also players available. Safety watch is going to be something that's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if four years don't bring in a multitude of players for workouts. Uh, the likelihood is it's probably going to be somebody in-house uh, for this week coming up against Seattle. My, my guess would be either they go probably with a standard elevation for Taylor Hawkins or, or they sign Q Knight or something like that. Somebody that's been in the defense this year. I do believe someone like Jason Verrett could figure it out because he's so intelligent and smart. Uh, Richard Sherman talks about how how smart uh, Jason Verrett is as far as X's and O's. Uh, so whenever you have guys like that, they could do it. Dante Johnson could do it. Uh, so if you need a Band-Aid, somebody to back up, Jair Brown, just in case, those are the kind of players that you could definitely uh, roll with. I don't know what has happened with Isaiah Oliver, if he's been taking any reps at safety and don't know. Scary name to mention, but Miles Hartsfeld, right? He played safety all through training camp. He's been working out for teams, including the Browns. He's a Wilkes guy. So a name to, to keep in mind. I don't, I don't I hope that's not the case, but those are all possibilities. That is for sure. Uh Josh says Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and DK, tough matchup for us. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's tough. I do think Seattle will have to get a run game established. If not, the 49ers defense will be fine because 
I don't think Geno Smith can consistently throw into tight windows because even the completions Baker made today, a lot of them were in tight windows. And I don't think he can consistently throw into those tight windows without holding on the ball and taking a couple of sacks or without putting a ball in harm's way. And if you put the ball in harm's way, you're going to end up with a turnover. Baker Mayfield, it eventually got to him, right? Interception, fumble, just give it time. It always works. Uh, you just got to make sure these guys have to be too fine. So I think that it's still something the 49ers are working on, uh, but I think they are getting a little bit better, a little bit more sticky in coverage, a little tighter in their coverage and making these guys go to other reads. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the 49ers are, will, will have a tough competition, of course, uh, but I do like the move. Ambry Thomas and Diamond Lenore being out there, which are various Ward, they've worked. Uh, whether, you know, whatever you have to say about Isaiah Oliver, whatever, it, it's worked. So let's just see where it goes from here. Uh, rookie and friends says Oliver Dante, Oliver equals Dante Johnson. Uh, Dante Johnson and Oliver are, are pretty similar. The only reason you bring up Dante, I bring up Dante Johnson as far as a backup safety is for the mere fact, I don't think Isaiah Oliver has took any reps there where Dante Johnson has played safety for the 49ers in the past. He played outside corner, he's played nickel, uh, he's played safety. So if you want versatility, uh, there's a player that can do it. I would love, I mean, my perfect scenario, and I'll probably talk about this during the week, my perfect scenario would be somebody like Jason Verrett, put him in the safety position, give him those reps, uh, because he could walk up and play nickel as well. So you could have some pretty unique and exotic coverages in the back end because Verrett is able to do everything. You're talking about a safety that if you wanted to adjust coverage, could step outside and cover on the outside and put Le and move Lenore inside right away. You could change on the fly. So I do like that versatility, uh, but we'll see. I don't know if he's interested in a position change. A lot of times players aren't interested in making position changes, especially this point in their career. Jaylee says, maybe checking on the Dolphins and Jets practice squad. Always a good idea to check those because they run, uh, you know, the Jets run a similar scheme. The Texans run a similar scheme. Dolphins, they run a 3-4 with Vic Fangio, so it's a little bit different, uh, but they run a lot of quarters. They run a lot of palms, so it would make sense to go that direction as well. Uh, so, yeah, check those. Check available players who are with the 49ers during training camp. Those are always possibilities. Check with names that they've worked out which there has been a lot of players that have worked out for the 49ers over the last few weeks because John Lynch loves to build a Rolodex. And these are the types of situations where you need to have that Rolodex where you have players that you've kept in touch with, players you've worked out, that you have an idea of where they're sitting at, and you can go out and make a move. So it's really unfortunate about Talanua Fonga and his injury. The likelihood is if it's an ACL, he's out for the season. I don't, I'm not going to confirm that until, of course, you know, we hear that it's been confirmed, but uh, looks like the 49ers are going to have to adjust and pivot at the safety position. Jair Brown's going to get the first consideration and look, and then they're going to have to make a move behind him to make sure they solidify and insulate that position just in case. Uh, but I don't want that to take away from what the 49ers did on the field. They played really well. They got their passing game established. Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo really got it going on offense. McCaffrey was McCaffrey over 100 scrimmage yards again. And then on defense, uh, Fred Warner. He was flying around, making plays, getting things done. And Ambry Thomas and Diomedo Lenore looked pretty good. So it was exciting to see the 49ers walk away with a victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They could have easily had that big win against Jacksonville. I fell off. I don't think that's who this team is. And now they got a quick turnaround. 
And with the Seahawks losing today, the San Francisco 49ers have a real potential to kind of build some steam and get some separation from the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, it, it was a great performance. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you guys all for coming through the game reaction show. Please like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Really appreciate that. If you're listening on audio platform, 49ers Cutback on Believe, please give it a five-star rating. And just like always, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm going to check out, but there's going to be content all throughout the week. Make sure you guys come back through and check out that content. Um, I'm looking forward to interacting with everyone during the week. So check back in. It's going to be a lot of fun. But until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.